Adversarial Libertarian Interview Podcast, a supplemental podcast to the Lulberts Podcast, available at thelulberts.com. This podcast is covered by a Creative Commons Zero License. No rights reserved, but all rights reserved. Today we'll be sitting down with Graham Smith of Voluntarist Japan, a YouTuber and blogger who talks about blockchains, life in Japan, and voluntarism. Unfortunately, about 10 minutes of this podcast was lost due to a recording glitch, about five minutes or so into the podcast, and it was completely unrecoverable. I'm sorry, but let's get right in. Um, so how are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, nice to finally meet you. Yeah, uh, meet you. You don't get to see yeah. me, but I get to see you, which is fun. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a bit voyeuristic, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for... Uh, Having me on, I'm doing good. I uh, just woke up here, got the house to myself for a little bit, so a good time to do a live stream. Nice. So uh, who are you and why should we care? I think, I think that's what I like going with every time I do <laughs> I don't that, know. Like these interview things. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Uh, who, who am I and why should you care? That's a, that's a big one. Uh, well, I'm just a guy that uh, moved to Japan about eight years ago. My name's Graham Smith. I uh, became an anarchist voluntarist, ANCAP, whatever you want to call it, uh, here in Japan, and then started a bit of an online and offline initiative called Voluntary Japan, which is involved in, of course, spreading the message of individual self-ownership, uh, the principled message, the apolitical message, um, involved in bringing unschooling, the unschooling philosophy to Japan, um, a little bit of permaculture farming, and direct trade and crypto. So kind of a big thing in that bubble combined with showing folks on the outside, especially anarchist um, parts of Japanese culture that are very individualist um, kind of shattering the prevalent uh, stereotype, I guess that everything here is a collectivist, you know, kind of big March and there's that there's no sort of libertarian stuff here. So I've actually found myself feeling much more free and happy here. And um, that's about it right now. So I was, blogging a lot on steam it pretty much full time and now i'm kind of i'm still there but i'm doing other stuff um but that's that's about it this is what i do full time right now we'll see um if that can last but uh that's where i'm at at this point okay what 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 made you move to japan was there anything in particular job uh, I, I studied elementary education. I was already a libertarian. A lot of you may point. remember recently on that oh, a professor God. who basically turned me against uh, public education, uh, which I already was kind of against it. Um, I liked kids, um, but I, I got into the school at the end of my little academic career there and saw what a uh, just what a prison it was, pretty much. Like, and that's not an exaggeration. Um, and I knew I couldn't do it. There was no way I could stomach it. There was no way I could work with the type of people that were teachers. Um, 
And so I, I got sorry, out. I, sorry, I missed most of that stuff because, again, yeah. this is all this new live streaming thing is completely alien to me. And apparently on my other computer, uh, it just started streaming and it was loud as hell. So, uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Do you want to give me the condensed uh, version of it? <laughs> that's the, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, from the, the college thing. Or why did I? Come oh, so to so you came here through through college? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Basically, the condensed version is I went to college to be a teacher. Uh, ended up uh, reading myself out of that. Had a rogue professor that uh, turned me off to that. Read a bunch of books. Got into the public schools at the end of college. Realized there's no fucking way I could handle it. Uh, stomach it. Uh, it's just an indoctrination camp. And then decided I want to see something other than my um, cornfield uh, laid in hometown before I got old. <laughs> And uh, decided to find a job here, oh, so that's what I did. It's yeah. kind of a kind of a different move. So, um, so you you describe yourself as a voluntarist. How do you how do you define that? Because it seems like every time I talk to a voluntarist, they have kind oh, of varying oh, different opinions about what voluntarism means. Some people are more of the classical kind of voluntarist. I don't remember the original author who coined the term. Some people just use it as a, a descriptor for like, oh, I just follow the nap consistently. So, so where do you find right. yourself? Yeah, recently it's been a nightmare with full of people that are calling themselves voluntarists. I just, I mean, God. It's We're like, going to get into I, that for sure. Yeah, okay. Um, this is a very yeah, adversarial my, podcast for obvious reasons. but Yeah, that, that's why I like you, Jim Jesus. I yeah. like uh, adversarial types. But Here's where we lost the recording. It was a bit of a shame because he did expand a little bit about what he thought about libertarianism, voluntarism, and issues with the non-aggression principle. We pick back up where I ask him about his experiences dealing with Adam Kokesh. Not much of the story was missing. Uh, I was originally, like I said, a big fan of Kokesh. Uh, I saw some of his, uh, you know, dancing at the Jefferson Memorial type uh, videos. Uh, but then he, he released, a, he made a tweet and said, uh, America doesn't need a ruler. America needs a leader with a big fat picture of his grinning politician face on there. And... Um, <laughs> I realized that something was off. Like I could just feel it in my stomach. And obviously I, I kind of questioned him on that. I ended up on one of his Facebook live streams actually and said, well, how, you know, regarding your presidential run, how are you going to acquire authority over all these resources and lands and uh, stuff, you know, through a federal election? That's not how property works mm -hmm. um, as per the voluntarist property ethic. And he, the real red flag for me was not a disagreement, but the way that he got really offended by that and immediately kind of made things personal and said, well, why don't you step, if you have a better idea, why don't you step up to the plate? And it, it struck me as not something a, a really intelligent person would say is, is, you know, we're not talking about who has a better idea, but we're talking about uh, principle. Um, and then from there it just devolved and, it totally ended for me when he, he released a video saying that it's time to, quote, put down the ideology or at least make it secondary uh, to pursuing um, this great leap forward or something like that for <laughs> humankind. Please tell me he said great leap forward. That would be beautiful. He, he said so, our great <laughs> step forward. It was very Chairman Mao-ish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I – I and several others said, well, you know, what is the ideology you're calling us to put down? Uh, it's not radical Muslim ideology. It's not uh, evangelical Christianity. It's individual self-ownership, which yeah. is just concrete reality, really. And, um, you know, and then it all devolved. He's collected money for a book bomb that was supposed to happen uh, in conjunction with the Libertarian National Convention in July. That for never his, happened. For his book Freedom, right? 
Yeah, for okay. for the greatest book ever written, all caps, as how he always describes it. Which um, it's sad that the greatest that, book in the world is a is a ripoff of of just Rothbard, and he even admits right. that he ripped them off. Right, and he doesn't even agree with like it's it's Huckster one hundred and one. Like mm. you you get the literature that says everything right, and then you do the opposite. <laughs> um, and then when people call you on what you're doing, you point them back and say, "Ah, look, I wrote the book. The book's right on." But he never did the book bomb. He uh, sold um, advertising space, I guess, or like you could buy a spot in the on the first page. He sold all that. People bought that. And now he's making videos saying maybe we'll do the book bomb. I think they're about $60,000 in or something. I don't know the exact amount. Um, suspended his presidential run, which he collected a bunch of money for to run for senator in Arizona. <laughs> uh, you know, doing all these videos. So of he's himself. not running for president now? It's suspended, so he's running for senator now, um, oh, releasing all these videos of himself superimposed on American flags, talking, you know, <laughs> when you start the research, when I woke up, <laughs> he's doing pull-ups superimposed with American flags, like, I don't know, I started researching and you realize the guy's a career politician ever since he came back from Iraq, he's been running for some sort of mm. political office or connect, collecting donations for uh, some scheme. I'm not against collecting donations, but and when you look at the guy's track record, and then when you try to deal with the guy, um, it becomes apparent that something is wrong on a deeper uh, personal level as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it all it all quite unraveled. Um, you know, to me, he's your typical huckster. He's over on Steam It, which I've been really active on for two years, and he was talking about how he loves the community. Um, when the prices go down, he vanishes. He hasn't posted there for... 13 days or so, I think. Um, first time he left Steam It was because he was, quote, pissed uh, that his article made only $1,000. Um, I, I don't know. The dude's, the dude's weird, man. And I've finally given up. But the, a glimmer of hope has come through after all my bitching constantly for like a, two years now. Yeah. And a lot of his disciples telling me, you know, you're just jealous or you're just this or that. Um, or you, you're being divisive. Now people are starting to wake up because mm. he's just becoming more and more fucking goddamn ridiculous. Um, you know, and, and as, as we mentioned now, he's making videos of himself shirtless, like a, like a Chippendales dancer cutting down tiny trees on his property saying the trees are the government. I don't know, man. He's, he's just, uh, <laughs> and as you mentioned, uh, a lot of even his former fans are like, all right, dude what's going on are you okay yeah and i've i've started to even take that tack like i almost feel sorry for him and i'm not saying this to seem cool but it seems like the dude really is like grasping at straws um for some sort of you know i don't know it's it's bizarre for sure but as far as a principled level yeah that that tweet where he said you need me as your leader uh that was the big red flag initially yeah so, yeah, so this is something people say, oh, you're obsessed with Kokesh. And I kind of have been uh, just because of the pull and the sway he has had and just the being frustrated at the absolute brainwash, especially for newbies. And he's surrounded himself with people that use black and yellow in their logos and say they're voluntarists and then advocate outright what's basically socialism. Um, so, you know. It's typical. It's like it's like being in high school. It's like the cool, popular kids, you know, uh, mock mock the nerd with the actual argument. So, yeah. who knows? 
Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I kind of experienced a similar type of thing with um, Molyneux fans. I had a lot of people who were very upset with me that I would call Molyneux um, for what he was at the time. He was DMCAing a critic. And it's funny now listening to him complain about almost getting banned from YouTube. <laughs> because, <laughs> like, oh, they're silencing my free speech. It's like, well, what, what about true shives, right? But I had all these people who were critical of me, and then a lot of them started coming up to me later. Like after he got on the Trump train and all this other stuff, yep. they were like, "Yeah, you were right. Yeah, you were right. Yep. I'm sorry." And I had a recent ex- experience with one of these armored skeptic type YouTubers. Um, same thing. Yeah, you were right about this guy. He was just a terrible degenerate furry after all. <laughs> so, yeah, like I, I, I kind of understand that. But that's that's kind of what I, why I started becoming a real big fan, even though I had some some disagreements with stuff. Sure. Mostly well, around well, Steam It. I'm not a fan of Steam It. <laughs> I've, I've been very vocal against Steam It for a while. I guess well, we hey, recently I'm that. starting to uh, <laughs> lean a little bit more to the skeptical side there as well. So, oh, why? Why is that? Well, maybe we should, well, we should uh, not bury the lead just in case no, nobody knows what Steam It is. We should probably talk about what Steam It is. I'll let you describe it since you've been, you've yeah, been in so, it for. Sure. So Steam, it's just a blockchain-based social media site with its own cryptocurrency called Steam, uh, which has three iterations, actually, but that's not really important for an introduction. But it's been around for a little over two years now, and I've been blogging there for a little over two years now. I jumped in pretty early. Um, But yeah, that's what it is. It's been great for a lot of people. It's been great for me. It's allowed me to quit my uh, J-O-B job that I uh, didn't like. However... um, Recently, there's some some stuff happening and a lack of progress and uh, just a general kind of what I feel is a lack of interest from uh, big investors and curators. And there's a lot of uh, competition popping up now, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm still on Steam it, but uh, for example, recently um, there there was a big hard fork, hard fork twenty, um, and typically during these hard forks, the site will sometimes go down. Uh, but this time it was like 10 plus hours, um, not a word of notification on the landing page, a um, bunch of people arguing, <laughs> and you've got people $1,000, and the page is showing up, this page does not exist. Um, and not everyone understands how to use the blockchain without the steamit.com interface. It's just started to seem terribly unprofessional to me. Uh, linking this to Adam Kokesh, he came in. Uh, milked the place, got tons of support. <laughs> and in my view, and maybe I'm a bit biased here, and um, I'm not trying to have a, a complain sort of pity party, uh, but he really uh, kind of milked support away from a lot of uh, really high-quality content producers uh, because the big investors there knew he was a big name, didn't read what he was writing about, <laughs> let's take the great leap forward, uh, and just started upvoting his stuff. And really... Not even in his circle, but it's basically become a circle jerk uh, in a lot of senses. So I've started to try out different different blockchain-based alternatives. And, um, yeah, I'm a bit skeptical now. And it's interesting because as I voice this skepticism, it's like this kind of you're either with us or against us mentality. <laughs> there we go again, and it's, yeah. <laughs> it was like, and it's, this again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, you're you you you're an atheist, so you must be an anti-theist. Mm. It's a it's that kind of thing, and it's like this is coming from people that just joined recently, and it's like, yo, you know, uh, fuckhead. Sorry, uh, you know, I've been here for two years doing like three or 
four posts a day almost. Um, I'm not anti-Steam it, but um, it's pretty discouraging right now. And the interaction and engagement is, um, well, you know, it, it's just, as Bloomberg said, when, when Ned from Steam it, the CEO, was on Bloomberg, they said, we go to the trending page and it looks just like a spam site. <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry, but it does. Um, y- y- you know, even the design. So, yeah, that's kind of my where I'm at. I still love it. Uh, it's it's changed my fucking life. Uh, I've you know honed my blogging there. I've met a lot of cool people in real life, and that's kind of why cool. I like it there. Um, but you know, at this point, it's like I can get more engagement really by doing a Facebook post. And um, you know, I'm I'm not gonna yeah spend fifteen hours of my day for uh, four dollars. <laughs> right now because i have bills to pay yeah um but yeah i, I don't want to ramble too much but that's kind of where i'm at on steam it right now so you, you said you're you're skeptical though or you have been yeah, from the start i have been from the start like when i first so i first heard about it at jack fest there was one particular guy and it ended up becoming like a meme for the entire event with everyone there was like hey have you heard about steam it because we had a guy who was like every single person he came in contact with he was asking like do you know steam it every time he did he would forget how many times he was advocating it so he would come up to you like four or five times like have you heard of the steam it i'm gonna post this thing on steam it. i'm gonna get a whole bunch of money and i'm gonna make it big on steam it and um <laughs> last time i checked on this thing like he didn't he wasn't he wasn't going anywhere with it right and so uh we were like okay what is this thing uh, and I was just like, it sounds, it sounds kind of scammy or whatever. And then there was another guy who, uh, who hit me, uh, who, after, I don't know, after he left it, I was like, what, what the heck is this thing about? And he was like, oh, I know what it is. It's like this website. It's almost like a social media thing. And he's just really poor at it, explaining it. It's kind of neat. There's a lot of interesting people on there, but it's, it's not as, as magical as he says it is. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went home and checked it out. And I, after browsing it, I became like immediately skeptical. Because just just the incentive problem for it, um, there's. I know Brian Sovereign did a really good kind of critique about it um, on, on on his podcast about the same time that that happened, um, and on his Patreon only, which got me to be a patron of his um, because of this. Because I wanted to hear this critique, and by the way, it's probably the best Patreon dollar I ever spend a month. I think I've met two. Anyways, um, <clears throat> so I. Um, but the, the 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 real problem that I have with it, aside from kind of like how. There's kind of not really pump and dump schemes with it, but like the whales kind of almost make it to be that way. Um, the 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 main issue that I have with it is that it, it incentivizes collective thought, which is you want people to agree with you because if you if you get people to agree with you, then they'll upvote your post. If they upvote your post, then you're financially incentivized to keep posting more things that more people are going to agree with, and you're going to lack diversity of thought, and everybody's just going to be kind of agreeing with each other the whole time. And like when you said which, that, like they were circle jerking, what, which, I was like, "Which all to right. your credit is what <laughs> okay. is what it has devolved into." Yeah. yeah, that's what it has devolved into for sure. Yeah, because if I go on there and I start doing what I normally do, which is going after people that are beloved, right? Because I am the adversary. I just really do like the Satanist aesthetic, but you know, I, I do kind of come off as like an adversary for a lot of like uh, anarcho-capitalist libertarians and stuff. Because I think there's yep. a lot of scammers and, and bullshit artists and cult leaders that are involved in this. Uh, and I want to call them out so that way it's, you know, so that way we can get some good people in there that, that speak out. Because there are some good people, too. Like, I love Tom there's Woods. A ton of, yep. There's yeah, a lot of good people. There's a lot of really great people. And I wish that those people would get 
more prominence rather than people like Kokesh and Molyneux and Berwick, who who was involved in Steam <laughs> earlier on, and then he Berwick, left too. Berwick caused caused the great migration actually back uh, mm-hmm. two years ago in the summer because he made that one paragraph post that garnered fifteen G's, and everyone's like, "Holy shit!" Um, I was on like a week before that, but when I heard that, that's when I started <laughs> getting really serious. But it's funny what you say because I had some pretty big support from some pretty big people. But once I started to um, criticize the the Kokeshian march to unity, I lost a whole lot of support. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty telling. So yeah, I think you're you're onto something there. Yeah, I, I think it's a bad idea to financially incentivize kind of like a opinion post. I mean, it's a good idea to have like advertisements on something or to have encourage people to like donate to your to your cause if they if they really enjoy it. Um but I think it's another thing to to have a platform where you're incentivized you're you're incentivizing people to like create something that a lot of people will upvote. And it doesn't cost them anything to upvote, but you're just trying to get as much upvotes as possible because the more upvotes you get, the more money you get. And so people are financially incentivized to say things that will get the most upvotes, not the things that are necessarily true or not the necessarily things that need to be said, but things that people want to hear. So everything's going to be a giant circle jerk hug box. And <laughs> I, I don't have time for that. <laughs> I don't have time yeah. for that. There's yeah. a couple platforms emerging now that have some different ideas about like communities and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which seems to balance things out a bit. But it's interesting what happened at Steemit. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's become just the whole the top down thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. definitely people um, trying to cheerlead, and then the moment someone disagrees, like uh, you know, D Live, this huge huge platform left, and they're switching blockchains, and everyone got so pissed at them. And I'm actually enjoying it. Um, all the whining <laughs> uh, because they said, oh, this is a conspiracy. You guys plan to use the Steemit uh, delegation, the Steemit money, and then you are, you already knew you were going to switch blockchains. And it's like, well, that's kind of what this whole thing always has been. And, um, you know, they weren't getting the performance they wanted from Steemit. They made some similar points and critiques as you have. And now everyone's losing their shit because it's it's, <laughs> it's almost a, re- a religious thing. But mm. when I saw they were leaving, I was kind of like, well, good for you guys. Um, let's let the market compete. I think the good thing about incentivization was for me, like I did, I did work harder to put out some quality shit. Um, but I think there needs to be some kind of community structure in there or something. So it doesn't turn into that hug box, which, uh, sadly now it's, it is a big spammy hug box with a lot of cool people that aren't getting any recognition. Um, so I I know some authors that are on there. One of my co-hosts is really big into Steam at Jeremy Heisen, Heisenberger, which I call him. Um, yeah, think, yeah, yeah. You, you, were, you just had him on not too long ago, yep. if I recall correctly. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a lot of cool people, but like Jeremy's articles, um, you see them making like seventy-eight cents, or if he gets a D tube upvote, it might be thirteen dollars. But then you'll get like uh, really spammy shit that's you know getting paid you know over a hundred dollars or something. It's just, uh, yeah, it's kind of discouraging. There's a lot of really good writers on there too, but you you don't have to be a good writer. Um, you don't have to say anything original. Uh, you just have to try to make everyone feel good about Steam It <laughs> while, while the ship sinks. Yeah. It's like cheerleading the Titanic while the Titanic fucking sinks. Yay, Titanic. Yeah, when when I first was looking at it, about 95% of the posts on Steam It were about Steam It. 
Yep. And I was like, yep. why am it's 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 a meta it's a meta social media network where it's like everybody's <laughs> like instead of posting pictures about their life, they're posting pictures about the 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 platform they're posting pictures on. So it's like ah, I don't know this this doesn't this does not seem right. I don't, I don't see where the value is really coming. But maybe that'll change, and it did change because there was some people who came in later and started posting stuff that wasn't Steamit related. And every time I've been on it since, just looking around, it hasn't been the case. So, but at first yeah. it was just like, why are we talking about? St- why is this the only thing to talk about right now, or whatever? Yeah, and and supposedly S, uh, smart media tokens are coming soon. Everything's always coming soon in everything blockchain. Yeah. Uh, but that is going to hopefully empower people uh, such as Jeremy and other guys to decide uh, how they can reward people in the community instead of being subject to the 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 rich folks uh, up at the top that don't really give a damn about uh, <laughs> content. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It reminds me of a big room where everyone's just passing $100 bills around to themselves. <laughs> like, this isn't really going anywhere. Um, yeah, it, it's it's kind of like multi-line marketing. You you got to get suckers to come in from the bottom to keep funding the thing. Yeah. Because you're not really, you know, I don't know. And the people that actually are adding value uh, are kind of just, you know, kept outside of the $100 bill passing room. It almost reminds me of uh, an episode of Beavis and Butthead, which wow, I haven't, I don't think I've ever had to reference that show <laughs> in, in a conversation that wasn't about entertainment. Um, but there was an episode where they were, they had like a, they had like box boxes of chocolate bars. They were raising money for this fundraisers for schools, and he would go like, I got a dollar, let me buy a candy bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like he would give the dollar back to him to buy another candy bar. So they're just <laughs> passing the dollar back and forth for free candy bars. It's almost uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's so that's yeah. so good. Like that's almost a paradox because I, I remember watching. <laughs> I remember watching that episode and be like, "Wait, that that kind of makes sense, but it totally doesn't." Like, you know, yeah, it's, it's funny. Yeah. So yeah, that that is kind of a good metaphor for Steeman in a way. Yeah, I, I've been kind of just hesitant on about any social media platform. Um, just because I, I just don't like the concept of social media, but it's here. You have to kind of utilize it to an extent. Like, uh, I, for, I don't post anything personal on, on my Facebook anymore. And when I do, it's, it's, I, th- I think it's because it just needs to be posted there for whatever reason, be it my podcast or whatever, but my personal stuff. Yeah. It's, I think I've maybe posted maybe like five things in the last six months or so. Um, and before that, I was just like, I'm just done with Facebook. I'm just going to annoy the shit out of everybody to get everybody off Facebook as well. And so I spent a good like two, two months posting nothing but, uh, but trout mask replica stuff. Like uh, song trout mask replica. It's, a, it's an album by Captain Beefheart and his magic band. Uh, okay, okay. And if you listen to it, You'll understand why it's it's probably a good idea to post that if you're trying to drive people away, <laughs> which I, I I do enjoy the album, but I can see why people don't um, very much don't. And so I was just posting nothing but this stuff all the time, and Facebook was actually getting mad. They thought I was spamming. They're like, "We think your account's been compromised." Like, nope, that's me. And every time I said, every time I would say, "Like, no, that's me," I'd go in and it's like Facebook thinks that I'm spamming, but I'm not. This, this is really how I feel. And post like Moonlight on Vermont or something. <laughs> and people were like, "What the fuck are you posting this for?" Because I just I just can't stand social media. I think the only one that I actually enjoy is Twitter, just because it's short and it's making. It, it, usually, people are trying to be funny in it. And 
and a lot of times right. it lands and I just I get a lot of humor out of it. Um, and you could also troll people that you would never normally talk to. Um, I always for think that's sure. great. But for the most part, like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't participate in any, any other real communities. It, occasionally I'll dab into Instagram, but that's about it. Uh, I know that's that there's like cool. MeWe that, that's been coming out, uh, Gab, uh, and I'm just not kind of interested in these platforms. And every time I try to get interested, I'm like, I, just, I don't want to invest in another social media platform and, and put time and effort into building something, especially into something like Gab where, you know, unless you're, unless you're spouting like crazy, like racist stuff, like there's not really much else on there. There's just not, I've, I tried to find some good people on there. I mean, like Tom Woods is on there, but he doesn't post anything. Like every, everybody's like that, you know, unless you're like the Christopher Cantwell and Jared Howe types, there's nothing there for you. So I don't see a point <laughs> yeah. in it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I understand that Facebook makes me feel dirty anymore. Like I feel yeah. like I need to take a shower every time I use Facebook. Uh, but there's so much, so much attention there. It's funny. There's another uh, blockchain-based social media called Scorum, uh, which unfortunately sounds like scrotum uh, to me. But um, it's sports-based, and that was such a relief. Like I'm not a sports guy, uh, but I I do run sometimes just for in my own enjoyment. And being over there in a social media platform that's just about sports is such a big relief compared to all the bullshit uh, toxicity, you know what I mean, on, mm-hmm. on some other platforms. So, yeah, I, I, I'm into that one, uh, blogging about running and stuff. But, um, you know, like like Facebook, like I, I deleted all my shit a while back and then recently kind of lapsed back into posting again. But um, I think it's probably good not to put too much personal shit on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> especially yeah, all the I mean, revelations been coming out but people have been oh, saying yeah. that for quite some time and a lot of people were saying like oh no you're crazy and i was like dude just, just read the the tos it says all that stuff in there right right they're gonna sell off all your information why is this, why are you surprised when they get caught doing it yeah in the yep. contract you I, signed i totally gave up on any hope of privacy from them like it's like mm-hmm. well i'm just gonna use this to spread uh voluntarious posts and whatever because if there are these lists if there are like uh if they are collecting my data like it's i'm already fucked like (laughs) might as well go all out and see how fucked i can get and how how much i can fuck shit up you know while they're doing this but uh, it is it is weird you know and recently it's like like you said they're giving you messages um there's more and more creepy stuff coming out like the the advertisements they're sending me um you know the the pop-ups you get about you know we noticed that you, you know, are, uh, are balding. Would you like, you know, it's like yeah. weird shit. Like, uh, it's pretty creepy, man. Yeah. The, the, the stuff that really worries me is when I used to have the app on my phone, which I don't, I deleted all that shit after I started noticing this is that I'd be talking to a friend about something. Like I'll be talking to a friend about, um, I don't know, some, some kind of new technology or something like something very specific, kind of, kind of niche, right? Like Raspberry Pi. I'll talk about like Raspberry Pi and then I'll go and I'll check, check my Facebook. And then I'm seeing like a bunch of advertisements for like places to sell me like Raspberry Pis. And I'm like, that's nuts. Yeah. And you know, it says on there that they, that they'll, they take control of your stuff. Uh, Google as well. Google does the same thing. I think there was another scandal with them where they uh, were like, you can go and find some of the stuff that they were storing on their servers that are like things that are just being recorded at random on your phone. And then not even when your screen is on, just when you have it on. 
they're listening yeah. to you and then they're using that for targeted advertising which yeah yeah it'd be better to have advertisements targeted toward uh, towards you so you're more interested in the things that they're advertising towards you i can understand that like i don't want to see advertisements for things like mountain dew and and tampons because i'm never going to buy those things in my life <laughs> um but <laughs> at the expense of what you know at the expense of my privacy mm, right right i'm gonna pass on that so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really skeptical about any any kind of social media platform, even if they're ran by people who um, are better people than Mark Zuckerberg. You know, I, w- I would say the people that run like Gab and um, and MeWe and Steemit, like those people are probably in better headspace than Zuckerberg or Larry Page or any of these people for sure. Yeah, definitely, Jack. Well, just just the whole idea. I mean. I mean, I was watching something, I forget what it was, basically some former CIA guy talking about uh, every keystroke you make uh, on any device can be logged. I mean, we're basically carrying around like tracking devices with Mm us uh, everywhere you go. So it's like, and social media is just like, you know, those kind of details about your life, like, oh, Jim Jesus likes raspberry pie. It's like, that is the ultimate wet dream of any uh, Mm -hmm. intelligence agency is those mundane type of details. So yeah, Yeah. it's definitely there. And people are willingly like, you know, here's 1400 naked pictures of my kid. Here's, uh, you know, I don't know. Here's uh, my dinner. Here's whatever every day. Here's uh, where I run. Here's where I walk. I don't know. It's for sure. It's for sure. uh, Questionable. Yeah, so that's why I kind of stray, stay away from it. And I always tell people the same thing. Like anytime there's a big controversy about it, some like, then get off of these platforms. <laughs> Stop allowing them to have your information. If you do use things, don't use their apps. Use their websites. Um, I don't know too much about Twitter in terms of like their privacy stuff, but I don't know. I have I just have too much fun trolling people on there. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll yeah. take that kind of privacy violations for that. Twitter's um, fun, but they're total fucking Nazis, man. If if you post something that yeah. uh, they don't like, I don't know if you've been blocked before, but uh, I had my account disabled, and it's not like a polite message. It's like um, delete this, or you are gone forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, mine was just a test too. It was really weird. Someone said uh, you can't ask this question. It was about John Podesta's brother, and it, it was it was some sort of benign question, but. Mm-hmm. Involved in blah blah blah. It was nothing about child porn or anything. And immediately my account got axed, Oof. and it was really creepy. Um, and it's happened a couple times. Like uh, your account's doing suspicious things because we think so. Um, please give us your phone number. And there's no option to you know, no, my account's not doing suspicious things. I don't want to share my phone number or whatever. It's like no, you have to do it, uh, or you can't participate. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I but remember, that said. As far as the experience of like the short form, people are actually saying witty stuff that's entertaining and not just bitching and moaning all the time. I I do quite enjoy Twitter for that purpose. Yeah. You just kind of at the end of the day, you really just have to know how to play the game when it comes to Twitter. You just know what you're not allowed to say. You know, they make it pretty clear. Um, And if you if you just do those things, you'd be fine. Like there was a recently um, someone who got um, banned from Twitter and they were just constantly posting stuff about David Hogg, and people were getting banned all over the, you uh, uh, all over the space. Like if you said anything negative towards David Hogg, 
um, who was like the Parkland shooter survivor kid, the one that goes yeah, around saying, yeah. take everyone's gun. I don't want to bury the yeah. lead, sorry. Um, <laughs> the people were getting their accounts suspended, and if you and they would do that same thing, like delete this or else, you're, you're off the platform forever. And I knew people who were doing it just to get banned from the thing, just to prove a point, like, no, we need to be able to say this stuff, which I agree with them in spirit, but at the same time, you can't then turn around and complain that you got banned. Because that was the rule. It was explained to you. You had the option to, to delete the stuff. And you and this is their platform. They can choose how you want it to. And, we, and we're fully free to disagree with them, which I do disagree with them. But you got to know how to play the game. You got to know how to play the game. And if you're going to post on Facebook, you have to know their game too and be aware that they're going to be selling all, their, your, all your stuff off to the highest bidder. <laughs> and not only that, but Facebook is like I think the number if one – Don't let the game, don't play the game. Yeah. If uh, – Facebook is actually the number one purchaser of M discs, which I don't know if you know what M discs are. I don't. No. Okay, they're they're basically like DVDs or Blu-ray media that is actually like when you put it in your your burner, it basically etches it in stone, and they're good for a thousand years. Wow. Like they, they they won't rot or anything. And Facebook buys these things in bulk. They're like the number one purchaser of these things because they put oh, all that God. information that you're posting, all the places that you go. All the restaurants and places that not even that you checked in, they just know that you yeah. went there. Yeah, they put all that stuff on 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 discs and save it. So if anything happens to their storage facility and their hard drives, they got it all backed up. They can all just throw them yeah. back in the machines and get all their their stuff recovered. So yep. that's, you got to be careful with that. Just know the game that I, you're playing. That's true. I, I knew shit was off when uh, I first tried to delete an account there, and it's mm-hmm. you can't really delete. You can deactivate. It's like a, you can check out, but you can never leave kind of thing. You know, <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty obvious at that point <laughs> that what they're up to is data collection. Yeah. You know, and not really. And But the, the thing is, though, the attention is there. That's the appeal of it. There's such mass attention focus there that it's like, I get it, and that's why I post there, and you get the engagement, and people are there, and... um you know, it's it's it is a sense of uh, community and connection. Uh, sadly, I think it's missing from a lot of people's personal lives in meat space. Uh, yeah. But but you know, you know, it's it's like a dopamine rush for sure. You see all those likes and uh, talk to people, and there's a lot of fucking cool voluntarists on there and uh, cool people in general. So yeah, it's kind of that du- it's kind of that double edged sword. There's a lot of cool groups, yeah. yeah. Um, so every time I've quit Facebook, uh, it's always been like. Well, there's nothing answering that uh, attention void, and um, now I don't have contact with all these people, so I inevitably come back. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what to make of that, but that's just what it is. Like I, I bought advertisements on on Facebook, and they've they've worked pretty well. Not not great, but pretty well, uh, especially for the dot leg. Like, especially just paying five bucks for a month worth of advertisement, we got a couple people, which is great. Yeah. For five bucks, you get a couple of people come to your event, um, which normally we only have like a couple of people anyway. So you know that's that's double. <laughs> so I mean, so so there's little things like that uh, that do work, and 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 this is like an attention war that's happening right now, and everybody needs to get get their slice of attention, especially if in this kind of new digital age that we're in, where you can make a, a perfectly good living doing doing well and, and spreading good ideas on these platforms, but you got to know how to play the game. You have to know how to play the game and you can't complain that, Oh, they won't let me talk about David Hogg. Like, but they told you that (laughs) they told you, you can't do that. So don't get upset. Um, so yeah. So what what are some of these new alternatives that are coming out for steam it that I haven't heard of yet? 
This is all nice. Uh, well, let's see. Yeah, there's uh, one called Scorum, which is that's all sports themed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've actually been doing quite well there. Um, who knows if it'll meet the f- same fate as Steam It. Um, had an issue recently with their plagiarism checker, <laughs> which is this uh, weird algorithm. I, I, I quoted one small passage inside of the author, and they go by how long your article is uh, versus what percentage of that chunk of length mm. um, matches up with stuff from quote sites on, on the internet. And it's like, well, you will receive 67% of the payout for your post. Uh, that's, you know, pretty shitty. <laughs> uh, but Scorum uh, Narrative has not launched yet. Narrative dot, is it dot org? Um, it's got a pretty cool community model uh, where you can actually suggest a niche and a community. Uh, people vote on that. You can buy it and own it, and you'll get like some percentage of the proceeds from all the activity within that niche. So they're kind of putting some barriers in place where uh, Steam it had none. <clears throat> so in other words, like you know the the fluff masters on top can't really totally control what you do in your community. So narrative scorum uh bittube which is uh, another blockchain another cryptocurrency but it's like youtube uh, it's actually a privacy coin which is kind of interesting hmm. uh, bittube which i've signed up there but it's like there's so many of these sites i've got so many accounts and passwords now it's like i'm probably just gonna yeah. you know fucking lose everything so um <laughs> you gotta be careful be like, you yay want- now i got yeah, you don't want to be creating accounts on everything. You want to have some sort of account minimalism. It's a great way to get hacked. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And every day it's like some one of my friends is telling me about, hey, check this out. It's like, okay, I already got 14,000 uh, new accounts and passwords. Uh, but yeah, Scorum Narrative, BitTube. Uh, you mentioned MeWe and uh, Minds, I think. Or you didn't mention Minds. Oh, but- no, that that's a thing. But no, I talked about yeah, Gab. I'm, Gab. Not, I'm not involved on those. Um, I'm on Narrative and Scorum. Uh, and beyond that, man, I just uh, I, I can't really keep up too much. There's one more, a bit shoot. Yeah, it's not block. It's not blockchain, uh, but um, it's um, BitTorrent. Yeah, BitTorrent, yeah. which is a cool idea. I'm not I'm not active on there, but I'm on there. Yeah. Um, but so far, the competition for Steemit, as I see it, is like D Live, who has just left Steemit, which everyone's pissed about um, because they're getting huge and they actually care about their community. And uh, lo and behold, um, Steam it wasn't the Steam blockchain wasn't serving them well, so they took off, and now everyone's pissed. Um, but they're cool. Uh, D Live Narrative Scorum, I think are the and BitTube, I think are the big okay. up and coming sources of potential competition for Steam it. But Steam it actually the user active usership is is I think around Christmas or when Steam was over a dollar, it was like 60,000 active users. And now it's dwindled to around 15,000 or less. It's, it's kind of ghost townish right now. If you visit the site. Okay. Yeah. So what, what exactly is the uh, voluntarist libertarian, et cetera, kind of community out there in Japan? I, I, I know well, you, I, <laughs> from what I've seen, you don't really talk too much about it. I mean, I've heard you say th- things here and there, but, What's the comprehensive version? Something someone who's looking to like expat or something. What could they could they expect? Well, uh, what I'll tell you is this: uh, basically, contrary to what uh, people's image they might have of Japan being kind of a collectivist hell, um, if you're a foreigner, um, and even if you're Japanese, most people here in real life, everyday life in your community, 
don't give a shit what you do uh, and mind their own business and actually don't really want to talk to you in <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, people are cool. People are nice. So what I've found here is while the image is one of collectivism, I'm able to live my life more freely and unmolested by police and, and whatever in general uh, than I was in the States. Uh, a lot of Japanese people live kind of what I view as voluntarist libertarian lives, but they would never think to identify it as such because the idea that you can even identify as such a thing has probably never entered their mind. So there is a lot of like collectivist uh, nightmare shit on the state level here. And if you're Japanese, you're subject to a lot of it, like unpaid overtime and shit like that. That stuff does exist uh, slowly changing. But on day to day, everyone pretty much uh, minds their business. Um, you know, I, I'm not afraid of cops in the street. I can I can take an alcoholic beverage outside without getting my face slammed in the pavement. I'm uh, from I Vegas, so a- that's that's that. I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, we, yeah, yeah. We're, we're able to do that uh, here too. So, right, I remember that. Yeah. That was a big thing. The the one time I did visit B- Vegas, me and my buddies were like, "We're in the street with beer." Yeah, uh, it's pretty <laughs> cool. Um, but that uh, gardening, uh, you know, you'll be in the middle of even metropolitan areas here and there'll be gardens, uh, people starting businesses, uh, fire code is somewhat lax. There's not a lot of regulations. Like you're not going to get busted if you try to start like a uh, selling fruit on the side of the road. No, that's cool. It's, it's just kind of like, don't be a dick is still a thing here. And, um, as much as I hate the state and there's some very dark, uh, hugely draconian aspects of the Japanese state, which are way worse, uh, than the U S ironically results of us policy. Um, but while that exists, uh, it's still pretty, there's aspects of lower levels of government that still, um, the individuals therein will not just fuck with you for the sake of fucking with you. Like there's no real CPS child protective services type kidnapping here. Um, you know, like you're, you're not going to get sued if your kid's playing in the street across the park. Uh, and you're not there if you you know you're in your house and you can see them, uh, stuff like that. Kids walk to school. I don't know. It's it's a different society. So if you're an expat, uh, most of the voluntarists you'll find will probably be uh, fellow expats. Um, a lot of your Japanese friends might be closet voluntarists, and there are voluntarists uh, self-identified in Tokyo. Um, but what I've found is that I feel. Nope. I was in the states, so I'm, I'm sorry. Can, can you repeat? Can you repeat that? There was a there was like a hiccup. Uh, yeah. So like, oh, I, no, I just forgot. What I, said. Uh, <laughs> I so hate that. Most, yeah, I know what you mean. Most, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's cool. Most voluntarists you'll find that are outwardly identify themselves as such will probably be fellow expats. Okay. Uh, however, like in Tokyo, there are Japanese self-identified voluntarists. There's lots of hippies here, and lots of people here who understand individual self ownership. Uh, that both explicitly say that and then some that just a lot that just implicitly live it as part of the culture of just what's the big deal? Let's not fuck with each other. Um, one big bad thing, though, for people that are considering uh, maybe relocating to Japan is that marijuana is treated like heroin here. Oh, um, it's that's my <laughs> my you know, I'm not a pothead. I never was, but I did enjoy smoking now and then. 
but you can get, you know, five to nine years hard labor here if you're just caught with any amount. Um, there's a massive culture campaign here to totally demonize it, uh, which was put in place by the U.S. after World War II. It used to grow everywhere here, um, which is wild. Like the motif of the cannabis leaf is still carved into the woodwork of a lot of Shinto temples here. Um, but now it's just uh, that's one one negative thing. So if you're not if you don't need to smoke uh, cannabis all the time, I think it's a decent place to be. But uh, I guess that's my overall impression of it. I just feel happy here. Uh, I became a voluntarist here. Um, and I, I just don't feel like people aren't really my, looking into my business as much. Yeah. So I guess there's always trade offs in anywhere where you go. Um, yeah, for sure. The one thing that I've kind of understood from a lot of kind of Eastern countries is that they don't really view the state as like, like Americans, we kind of view the state as like, oh, this kind of agency that tells us what to do and sure they're a necessary evil like not me like i have a much more radical view of that but for the most part most people here have this kind of view of yeah they're for the benefit but they're kind of annoying and they're kind of assholes and they wish they would do better and stay out of my life whereas if you go in more towards eastern countries they view the state more as like a parent that you know that's not just necessary but it's 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 so good and everything everything they do is really good um you know and sure we have may have some some lovers quarrels and be sure we want them to change in, in certain ways but for the most part um like do they they almost need to be worshipped like you would worship your parents under under kind of a christian kind of viewpoints is that the kind of the case in J- japan i know that's the case in china um yeah i mean there's the there is this kind of acceptance of like, well, with some people, that's just the way it is. And uh, there is this big idea here, which is almost, I think, worse than in the States uh, sometimes, which is that we're all one community together. Um, We all need to band together. And um, thinking for yourself is kind of a bad thing. So I don't, I don't know if that's, directly answering the question but part of the thing i want to do here with the voluntary voluntary japan too is kind of introduce uh the idea to my friends here that it's okay to think for yourself it's okay to disagree and uh more and more young people are doing that but yeah the state is still viewed as as basically a god i mean it used to be that the emperor was actually viewed as a yeah 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 a magical, you know, shiny guy that came from heaven. <laughs> so, you know, it went, that was not that long ago. So it's still alive, you know. But yeah. similar, I would say, to the way the president is viewed. You know, it's it's not much different than the divine right to rule type of thing. Yeah. So, but so- yeah, but the individualism, the the that kind of thing, you know, nobody here understands like wow, your dad had a shotgun in the closet when you grew up. That's insane. Like, uh, that's just insane to people here. And they'll just, one of the first questions they'll ask you if you're visiting or you come here as a teacher is, did you have a gun? Have you ever shot a gun? It's like, yeah, (laughs) lots lots of people had guns. They're like, oh my God, weren't you scared? No. Um, But I understand it after being here for eight years, no one has a fucking gun. (laughs) So The police have guns or... Um, the cops have guns and they're notori- notoriously bad shots to the point where people make jokes about them because they use the guns. Like stormtroopers then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're firing fucking lasers everywhere and can't hit shit. Um, because they, that's like the ultimate, ultimate last step. Like you just don't pull your gun here. 
Um, and so when they rarely do, you know, they've been known to, to miss the target several times, <laughs> um, which is fine by me. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. as far as far as like home defense, like I've got a slingshot and I feel pretty safe if that tells you anything. Like, I mean, I, I think everyone should be able to own guns. You can hear, um, but it's a really, really uh, long, long legal process. Um, mm-hmm. I know some farmers, you get them for hunting and uh, pest control. Um, you know, I think everyone should have guns, of course, but it's just it's just a totally different culture for sure. Yeah. We also got samurai swords out there, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> samurai swords, kitchen knives. Yeah. If you got that, like you're pretty pretty well defended. If I move back to like Northwest Indiana, uh, South Side of Chicago, I'm not going to feel nearly as secure with a slingshot and a kitchen knife. Uh, yeah. But you know, it's it's just kind of a different world. But yeah, I I love it here. Uh, people pretty much just mind their business. So and and another big thing, which I don't know if this will connect to your audience or. But maybe is hugely interesting to me is the Catholic Western body guilt and uh, sort of, I don't know, like sexual shame and guilt. That's not really a thing here. And uh, it really tripped me out at first. But like, you know, you've got the public baths and um, stuff like that. There's just not that sort of thing here. Like people let their kids run around on the beach naked. There's no like lawsuits for, oh, my God, you know, you looked at my kid. And it's like... um, I don't, I don't know, you know, and uh, I don't know if that owes to the homogeneity of the society or what, but um, that's been a big kind of uh, relief for me not to have everyone always on edge about everything. I came from the background in, in public education where, you know, I was in an inner city school for my teacher training and I was afraid to even hug the kids when they hugged me because half the parents are crazy and you never know what you're going to get accused of. I come to Japan and, you know, kids are jumping on your lap, punching the balls, like, you know, and screaming. <laughs> like, and it's like, oh, my God, is, is this okay? And um, they got a thing here too, which some people don't know. It's called concho, uh, which little kids do, which is like they do this. And then they just shove it up your ass crack. <laughs> like, And the first time that happened to me, I was like, what the fuck is going on? What are you kids doing? Like, this is stupid, and the parents are just laughing. It's it's really bizarre aspect of Japanese culture, but kids try to shove their fingers up your butthole and like laugh when they freak you out. Uh, but if that gives you any idea how weird it is here and just how not you know uh, sensitive people are, but there's a there's a kind of trust here uh, between people that for teachers and stuff. Okay, you're a teacher, so you're not going to hurt my kid. Um, you know, which is totally different. And it's because it's an isolated little archipelago um, where that kind of stuff hasn't been such a big problem. So, you know, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's a lot to talk about. It's just uh, it's the Eastern thing for me is very comfortable as compared to the atmosphere I was raised in, which was kind of a hyper religious Western Christian kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I settled here in Vegas because I was looking for something, but I didn't want to make the big leap into becoming an expat and learning another language. And if I did choose something, it'd probably be Hong Kong, and maybe yeah. Singapore. Um, but I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll settle for something in, in the United States. Um, and when I came out here and I started look, like just visiting with with friends, I was living in Hollywood Hills at the time, which was a fucking nightmare in terms wow. of like state control of everything. And not only that, but traffic and having to go up and down these little tiny winding roads with that only fit two cars. But yeah. 
people park on one side of the road, so there's large portions of it where it's only one card length that you have to like back back out and pull over just to let other people pass so that you can go. It was just a complete nightmare. Anytime you just wanted to go just to like you know the the store and pick up something like rolling papers or something, it was a complete nightmare. Um, and then when I came out to Vegas, I was like, oh, there's there's actually a city out here. Well, what's it like? You know, that we can have guns and in and out. I'm sold. I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm sold. So, um, Vegas is kind of like a foreign country, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, like, they're, they're kind of like I've been in those Hollywood Hills though. So I, I know what you're talking yeah. about. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, Nevada is the state that kind of goes like, we're going to create our own America with blackjack and hookers. Like literally blackjack <laughs> and hookers are here. Uh, <laughs> so, um, that's yep. kind of, that's kind of neat. Um, yeah, that's cool. I I would like to visit Vegas again. I I thought it was really neat. It's really bizarre. Just in the middle of nowhere, just this this city pops up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, well, it uh, started out as a train stop, and then the mob mobsters came through and were like, "Hey, we could we could set up casinos here and make a killing and, and brothels. We can make a killing," and yeah. they did. And they pretty much took over the town. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So when did you move to Vegas? Was uh, that recently? No, uh, twenty eleven. So I've been here for, okay. for a while. Um, and again, it's really, it's really, you're basically getting all the things you like about California, but half the price and twice the temperature uh, <laughs> but in, in both respects. Cause during the winter it gets cold it, it, sometimes it'll snow. Um, and then during the summer you're getting not just triple, triple digits, you're getting like one ten, one fifteen 15 at times. I think it got up to be like 113 here or high for this year was, um, but it's starting Damn. to cool off now, but. I sleep during the day, so I'm I'm good. <laughs> I don't have to deal with most of that shit. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I love it out here. That's um, cool. Japan seems kind of neat too, but again, there's that kind of language barrier that it's always hard for me to try to learn another language. But I guess if if I thrust myself into a different country, I kind of kind of have I'm going to be forced to do it. So I think I could probably work it out then. For sure, for Where's sure. And there's, there's so many people here speak like rudimentary English too, which is something that surprised me. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> you communicate somewhere or another. But yep. uh, yeah, it's cool. Weather wise, is not so nice for me because uh, it's very humid and uh, I don't do well with that. But, you know, neither do I. Other than that, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can yeah. deal with the 110 degrees so long as the humidity is. You know, under fifty, I'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Once it starts getting yep. up there, I'm just like, ah, oh, kill me now. I could never live in Florida. So. Oh God, fuck that. Yeah. No. No way. Yeah, the first time I visited California or Los Angeles, I remember it was really hot, and I just I wasn't breaking a sweat, and it just tripped me out so hard. Like, wow, oh, this is crazy, man. Dry heat, and uh, I think we went to Phoenix too, and that was pretty nuts. Yeah. Just uh, feeling the difference that humidity makes. Yep. So, do you have anything you want to plug? Should we wrap this up here, or anything else you wanted to talk uh, about, or any questions, no. maybe? Or <laughs> <laughs> um, just uh, plug. I don't know. I'm on, you know, I'm on Steemit. Um, I got a couple accounts there, but I'm trying to uh, promote the Voluntary Japan account. So that's at Voluntary Japan. Uh, I just started a Patreon, which I'm uh, trying to focus more on. Uh, Voluntary Japan YouTube. Uh, it's actually Voluntaryist Japan, but if you search Voluntary Japan, you'll find me. Uh, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, that's about it, I think. All right. Uh, but uh, it's been nice talking to you, man. 
Yeah, thank, thanks for coming on. Uh, hail Satan. <laughs> hail, hail Jim Jesus. Yeah. Man. <laughs> uh, before we go, uh, is it, did you design your logo? That's I'm I'm kind of admiring it. Oh, the the fistful of might. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know the, my uh, way around well, this, Photoshop. This, this, this triangle uh, with the double J and the uh, I'm assuming it's an I for individualism or something with an anarchy oh. kind of py- pyramid at the top. Sh- should we talk about my logo? <laughs> I don't think I've ever publicly uh, talked about to. it. I, I like I like the mystique. It's but I'm kind an of interesting story. It it's an interesting story. So I was I I started noticing that a lot of like really good YouTubers, um, or not even just YouTubers, but just people in general had like these kind of logos. And I was looking like, maybe I should hire someone on Fiverr to do it or whatever. And then I was like, no, I could probably do it on my own. Just make it really simple and basic. I can do it. You know, I probably couldn't do all the crazy curvatures that I would pay someone from Fiverr to do it. But I bet if I make it blocky, I could, you know, but cool, I could do it. And so the first thing I thought was, well, what's the one thing that'll piss most people off? What shape would it be? It would be a triangle because, you know, Illuminati. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, right, okay, right. so I can do that. I could put a couple of J's in there because that's what those, those, those hooks are at the bottom. They're both J's. Yep, one that's what I thought, one. yep. And then at the top, that's, that's both an I and an A. Yep, I was right. Yeah. Now, now the interesting thing was what the, my original concept was just to have, um, just to have an, uh, an, the letter I. And I was like, well, lowercase i. And then when I was making it, I was like, oh, that's actually an A. That's kind of cool. But the reason why I chose an I is because I wanted an I inside of the pyramid. <laughs> okay, okay. So the whole uh, thing is just trolling conspiracy yeah. theorists. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> and, funny. And it's worked. Mm-hmm. There's been lots of times where I'll get people from the zeitgeist movement or whatever coming to me and going like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I knew it. You're, you're part of the Illuminati or something like your, 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 your logo is telling about your opinion. It's like, great. You know I don't funny. have to worry about you. <laughs> I don't have to pay attention to you because it's, it's a great yeah. filter because they filter themselves out. Yeah. I got that on steam it actually. Cause if you can see the picture in the background there, my friend made me, it's a, it's a block print of an owl, oh, yeah. but like a lot of my steam it, uh, thumbnails, I'll do something like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's always funny. They're like, I knew you didn't support Kokesh because you're Illuminati. Weaking out. It's like, thank you. Like, same as you, like now I can file you away. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, awesome. and I, I noticed I, that I in your picture. Logo, and that's, it's so cool. It's that's so why cool. I put that. I made sure that the owl was in the thumbnail for this video. <laughs> I, figured, I, figured <laughs> I was like, I, I know what this is. Cool. <laughs> I had initially thought you had gotten a screenshot of me doing this too, which I'm, I'm not. I, I, it wasn't, but I had initially thought, oh wow, he really went above and beyond. Oh, no, 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 no. It was, it was the one where you were holding up your fingers, and there was like pillars of voluntarism yes, on yes, the fingers. And the owl and the yeah. yeah. Sure. So I was like, that, that'll make a great. That'll make a great one. <laughs> <laughs> using that, so. so yeah, yep. thanks for coming on again, man. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. Thanks a lot. Yeah, he'll save you.